Welcome back, family, friends, and foes. This is another episode of Scales of Truth. Scales of Truth. I'm Anthony. I'm Tara. And uh, we got a good one for you guys today. Hola, como estas? Hola, como esta me too? Wait, muy bien, you too. You too? How are you? Bueno. Bueno, bueno. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, today is July... 12th it is the 12th however when we release it it'll be july 13th yes which is the fifth anniversary of uh the late sandra bland mm-hmm. um would you like to go over a little bit of the backstory um so just quickly uh sandra bland was uh pulled over um and the cops locked her up she mm-hmm. was in jail um, and she ended up like they ended up saying like she had like some kind of medical thing that happened or whatever, and she ended up dying. Um, they, they their story is she arrived to the police station alive though. However, when you when they take their intake photos, um, you can clearly see that they taped like her eyes open and everything. Mm. They took photos of her while she was dead. Okay. Okay. So, or I don't even know. I, it wasn't. It wasn't a medical thing. It was actually. Uh, they tried to call it suicide. Oh, suicide. Yeah. Like, why was it? But anyway. Um. Yeah. It's. Uh. That one is. So. Uh. So. How old I am is the same age. Uh. Sandra Bland was when she died. Um. So when it happened, like five years ago, like I'm just thinking, like, oh, but she's like a little older or whatever. But now being her age, right? You know, it kind of hit a little bit different. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I feel that. I feel yeah. that. Um, but today we're talking about, um, like her, the uh, the other um, women mm-hmm. that have unfortunately been uh, succumbed to uh, police brutality or um, just, uh, just a misuse mm-hmm. of, um, of force, mm-hmm. um, a misunderstanding of how it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, if these... It, and and we're not we're not condoning um the lack of justice for people that deserve it right right because we all know that everyone's not guilty everyone's not innocent as mm-hmm. well um so we do believe that if you do commit a crime you should serve right. uh whatever whatever penance that is yeah. uh that is directly correlated to the crime that you right. commit um what we don't condone is the uh is the the um the enforcer of the law mm-hmm. also being the judge yeah so, exactly yeah yeah um, you're tried on the streets exactly right yeah. so when you're supposed to be tried in the courtroom right so yeah we're we're going to be talking uh just a little bit about a couple of these uh a couple of these women uh that unfortunately have had their lives taken from them too soon yeah um so yeah let's get into it let's get into it you want to start uh yeah so uh, one of the women, her name was Alberta Spurl. Uh, she was 57 years old. She died from a heart attack. Um, and police pretty much thought that it was a drug and gun smash or stash, right? In her house. Yep. So they broke down her door. They tossed in a flash grenade, uh, and then they stormed inside and they cuffed her before realizing that it was the wrong house. Mm-hmm. Right. So she went into cardiac arrest it says about a half hour after uh, the police officers uh, raided her house. 
Uh, she died shortly before six or sorry, 8 a.m. at the hospital. Um, and then the guy that they were looking for, Melvin Boswell, mm-hmm. um, they thought that he was using her house as a drug stash. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, he was actually arrested that Monday. Mm-hmm. So. You know, that's that's good that he was actually arrested. He lived in the same apartment building, though. So well, that sounds familiar. Exactly. Yeah. He was on the ninth floor and she was on the sixth floor, I believe. That sounds so very familiar they with went, uh, Botham Jean. Yep. They went to the wrong place. And uh, and unfortunately, she died from cardiac arrest. And they went to the wrong place. And then again, that comes back to Brianna Taylor. Yep. Yep. Ooh, I'm getting chills. Okay. Um, so next we'll talk about, uh, Rakia Boyd. This happened in 2016. Um, so the guy that, uh, killed her, his name, his last name was Servin and he's an off-duty police officer. Mm -hmm. So again, like it, it, it kind of always goes around in the circles. He's off-duty police officer, um, which we've seen plenty of off-duty police officer all of a sudden, you know taken um the lives of our young people but um and uh what happened was he confronted a group of people um in which um rakia was in and told them to be quiet wherever they were words were exchanged you know um and boyd and the others she was with turn to walk away uh from the argument and at that point um serving uh he fired five shots from his car like he's in the car right um and he struck uh rakia in the head um and she died and so uh what he told investigators was that he feared for his life um and fired in self-defense right Here's my thing. Like her, her, her boyfriend wasn't killed, right? right? So if he has a gun in his hand, so you pull your gun out and shoot. What? Why wouldn't he shoot back if he actually had a gun? Well, my question is, how come he didn't get shot? Yeah, if he if there was a gun, right? There should have been an exchange. But he told him that he saw him pull out a gun, um, and he was charged with involuntary manslaughter, right? Not murder. Um, reckless discharge of a fire ha- firearm and reckless conduct, and he was acquitted in April of 2016. Right. Or 17, I'm sorry, it would have been 17. So, uh, yeah, so we have the next one. Her name is Chantel Davis. Um, so the shooting took place after two officers approached the car. Uh, Chantel moved into the passenger seat and opened the door and she hit one of the officers and knocked him back. Right. Mm -hmm. And she uh, reportedly went back into the driver's seat and put the car into reverse. Mm -hmm. And then Detective Philip Atkins um, opened the driver's door, holding his gun in one hand. And uh, he said that there was a struggle when he tried to put the car in park. And then that's when uh, he shot her in the chest. Yeah. And. She was definitely unarmed. Um, says that witnesses told of how Chantel was asked to step out of the car, and she did what she was seen to be. Um, I'm sorry. It says witnesses uh, told of how Chantel was asked to step out of the car. As she did, she was seen to be bleeding, 
and uh, she was comforted by a woman from the crowd. So someone actually did come out um, and and try to uh, comfort her. Mm -hmm. Uh, She died on the way to the hospital. So another witness said that Chantel didn't try to put the car in reverse and saying that they were already on her and she had nowhere to go. And then another witness also said, I saw the officer pull the lady out of the car face down and she fell and that was it. So um, they, both of the officers were both in plain clothes and uh, they had began to follow Chantel in an unmarked car after she ran through a red light. So it said at the time of the incident, Atkins who fired the fatal shot was subject of two civil rights lawsuits and had previously been investigated. So, yep. All right. So, um, next we have Shelly Frey. Um, so Frey was reportedly, um, pursuing, um, a Walmart with her friends. Um, and I won't say their names. Um, when a Lewis Campbell, um, a 26 year old veteran or 26 year veteran from the forest approached the ladies about shoplifting. Okay. Um, the trio then ran off into the parking lot where Campbell uh, followed them. The chase escalated to the point that uh, Frey got into her car to speed away and, and Camp, Campbell followed him. Shortly after, he fired, striking um, her in the neck. Um, he claims that he eventually drew his gun because he was between the car door and the driver's seat and feared for his safety. Right. It's the running thing. They fear for their life. They fear for their safety. Um, And so court documents show that Shelly Ann Frey um, had pled guilty uh, to shoplifting shirts and a pack of uh, meat from Walmart in early 2012. Um, As part of her plea agreement, she reportedly um, agreed to avoid the Walmart, uh, any Walmart location. Um, However, um, she was struggling with financial hardship um, as she had a two-year-old, and uh, that two-year-old was battling uh, sickle cell anemia. Um, So, again, I think that it's important that we give life to the victims, right? And so that's kind of a bad story. Yeah, like she she shoplifted, and again, that's going, again, with what you were saying earlier about us being tried in the streets um, for crimes and things like that. That is not up to these police officers or these, you know, um, whoever they, they, these vigilantes, um, to try these people, you know what I'm saying? If you want to conduct the citizen's arrest, do that. Right. right. Um, but you need to make sure you're doing it in a way where the other person can be tried in court. Yeah. Um, and if you really feel that they're guilty, you know, a jury of their peers probably will too. And then they'll get their punishment from there, but you don't have the right to take life right so in this situation i don't know it's um i can understand the fear of the officer you know if you're pinned between a car door and another vehicle you know and she's trying to move and she's trying to get out of the way um i definitely understand that um but also 
at a certain point, I don't know really what the duties and, and how far you are to pursue a suspect, um, especially for something like shoplifting is a nonviolent crime. Um, so I'm not really sure what the uh, what the levels of force and, and, and pursuing is. Yeah. yeah. So I can't necessarily comment on that. Yeah. Um, but it definitely does. I, I can understand both sides. Right. You have a kid. Uh, she's two years old. Right. Yeah. She's battling sickle cell anemia. She means she's in and out of the hospital. Uh, medical bills, you know, are piling up um, and, and to feel like you have to resort to shoplifting. Um, I, I I get that. There's there's a certain um, desperation that comes with uh, hardship, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, you you can't help but to feel that pain for mm-hmm. someone. Um, and then on the other side, just feeling that fear of because I, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I go into, so this is what I see as far as the situation is concerned. Um, was there really a need to to really chase these people down? Because she sped away and he followed her. Right. Right? Um, so let's go back to Trayvon Martin. Trayvon Martin started running because he noticed George Zimmerman following him, Right. Right. And he took off running, even though he was already in contact with the authorities who could have investigated as they saw fit. Right. Right. He shot him down. Somebody ended up dead. Right. Um, Amal Aubrey. They they accused him of a crime, whether he committed the crime or not, whether they committed the crime or not. Right. I think that that's completely separate from the story because we're we're looking at was it really your duty to chase these people down and for somebody to be dead at the end of it right right i mean i i get that it's like, i definitely do get that how much are you like and it doesn't even say it, it it just calls him a a veteran right so at this point when the story comes out is he a veteran or was he um still on the force the, exactly see, those, those are the questions that i have exactly um, that it I sounds don't wanna... like that he at that point was a veteran right so if he was outside of the force already and he had retired there's definitely no excuse for that if you're in plain clothes and you're off duty i once again i don't know uh the 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 rules of engagement when it comes to things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I do know that there's other ways to go about it. Exactly. So you see her get in a car. What do you do? You look at the license plate. Call right. back up. You call you it know? Um, Something but, like that. If, if he was on the force or if he wasn't, call 911. Give, right. Get a license plate. You exactly. know what I'm saying? Things like that. Why is it always that we... Our, our brothers and sisters have to end up dead at the end of this. Whether they're committing a crime or not, um, that judgment isn't it isn't on you. Again, you want to conduct a, a citizen's arrest? Right. You know what I'm saying? Do it in a safe manner. Um, but it, it's like it, it, in their heads, we're already guilty. Yeah. I mean, in this instance, Shelly was definitely guilty. So let's, let's get that out there. However, uh, not guilty uh, – as far as of, re- rewarding death. Exactly. Gu- and guilty of what? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, um, like I said before, if if the punishment um, of any crime or anything that you have committed doesn't matter the weight of it, if the punishment is death mm-hmm. at the end of it, then these very people, we know that there's no imperfect or there's no perfect person on the earth. So I feel like these very people need to line up behind a gun. You know what I'm saying? And if that's your rhetoric, then you need to be the first to get shot. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like you, it's that. not your it's not your job to judge people on the streets for any crime. Right. All right. So next we have Kayam Livingston. Um, that was definitely an unfortunate story. Uh, we have Miriam Carey. Uh, we're just going through names here just to uh, give you guys light as to how many people, uh, women, black women, have been uh, killed along with our black brothers. Um, mm-hmm. Because it seems as though um, black men get more uh, notoriety in the public eye um, versus our black women. Definitely. And our black women are, are some of the most powerful beings on this planet. We have to protect them at all costs, and we have not been doing so. As men and as black men, we need to stand up Um, because as much as we're being hunted and and killed and and vilified, um, so are our black women. And our black women are also dying uh, in in the hospitals giving birth, you know, so they're uh, they they need our they need our help. They need our assistance. They need our protection. They need someone to to help them out. So uh, black men stand up, stand up. We have Tanisha Anderson um, and then we have Atalia Marie Kelly. Uh, She was actually one of the most recent ones. Uh, She was killed in Iowa City. Uh, during a protest mm-hmm. so and this was during a black lives matter protest mm-hmm. so if that doesn't put it into a perspective i don't know what will um so yeah and i, I do want to shine light back on uh, sandra bland she was very active as far as the black lives matter movement yeah um before she passed away and i think that when you, when we look at the pictures of the uh, protesters out there we see a lot of black men. We see, you know, a lot of people of other races. But um, I think that it's important, not just in the Black Lives Matter movement, but even within our um, political movements, um, the representation that we have been getting here lately, um, as far as uh, politics are concerned, is definitely um, backed by black women. Yeah. Um, I think that um, the most high is really using them in this in this season, uh, black women period. And, um, you know, sometimes I sit back and think about the reasons for that. And it's like, um, he was, a guy was actually speaking to me yesterday in regards to it, um, that they tried to take the men out. Right. Right. They tried everything that they could do to take the men out. And, um, you know mentally they did a lot of damage um a lot of our black men are men are prisons you know um a lot of them are lost spiritually right Mm -hmm. um so um knowing that the men is the head of the home that's what they attacked right but what he was saying was but they underestimated my daughter's they underestimated my daughters, and um, he's really. We're really going to see him um, start to move and start to use uh, black women as far as um, this change is taking place. As far as um, what we're going to see in the future, as far as politics are concerned, um, as far as uh, just the movement to get um, human rights for black people, we are really going to start seeing that. Um, and so, yeah, like my my thing is is like for, he's he's going to be using black women, and in that we need to the same, um, the same way that black women have stuck up for black men in history. Right. Um, we really need to see our men standing up and protecting us because at the end of the day, yeah, Yah is going to use us and he's going to protect us, but he don't have our black men here for nothing. 
Right. Exactly. And we as men, we're natural enforcers. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're natural protectors. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just seems as though we've been protecting the wrong people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and as a black man, um, and and it's so the argument that uh, that really that I don't really like mm-hmm. is saying that oh well she was somebody's daughter oh she was somebody's sister mm-hmm. that could be your mother that could be your grandmother it's like even regardless she's a woman period mm-hmm. so um, just the, the the same way that um, I read another post saying that um, that men are only loved for what they can offer mm-hmm. uh, that seems to be on both sides. You know, like it, it, it seems as though the, the arguments that people make is that a woman is not useful unless she is somebody's daughter mm-hmm. or somebody's mother or somebody's grandmother. And it's like that that makes no sense. Mm-hmm. You should be able to exist as a person, period. Mm-hmm. You know, um, something that I want to shine light on. Um, and it was actually a post that I saw a few weeks ago and I reposted it on Facebook. Um, where somebody was saying, like, stop calling, like, black women just, like, strong and so, like, fierce and things like that, and which we are. We are strong and we are fierce. Um, but what we are seeing is it takes away from our feminine. Yeah. The, the How feminine we are, you know. Um, and it, it's part because we have been forced to be strong and to be fearless. Yeah. Um, but at the same time... Um, that's what we're seeing, like, in the hospitals. It's like, you know, black women are known to be so strong and to be, you know, all these things. So now when a doctor's looking at a black woman and she's saying, I'm in pain, something is wrong, he's like, oh, she has to be exaggerating, like, because right. like, she can take it. And that's um, generally what black women get in the community is you're strong. Like, that's the encourage- encouragement we get is, like, you're strong. Right. You know, and it's like... um it takes away how feminine we are and it, it really, um, it disrespects our humanity too. Yeah. Yeah. Because along with that, it, it just comes with, um, knowing that you can, t- and it's like, just because I can take it doesn't mean I need to. Yeah, you exactly. Know? Like just because I am strong doesn't mean that I have to be strong at all moments of exactly. the day. Exactly. It's like, and, and that, that's, that's insane. Um, because it's like when I have to be strong, mm-hmm. who's going to be there for me when I'm yeah, weak, you exactly. know, and even, even in being weak while being strong, that mm-hmm. is so, that that's so exhausting. Yeah, like, it is. It is. mentally, physically, like you wonder why, like people are always tired yeah it's not even just your body is tired you're you're tired mentally all around mentally emotionally spiritually you're like yo come on and i think that that really uh plays into like this whole angry black woman narrative as well yeah you know what i'm saying um because it's the same thing like across the board you kind of see as as a black woman speaking as a black woman across the board you kind of see the same thing over and over again so um when you're you're talking to friends you're talking to family um about troubles and things like that that you're having right. and it's like you're so like you're strong like you can do it and things like that um and we don't have a moment to be weak right and then um 
then when we go into the workplace, we know that we are strong, but we're also in a workplace that's dominated by white men. Yeah. You know, so we have to stick up for ourselves because who else is going to do it in this place? And then all of a sudden, because we are known as strong people, we are angry when right. we have to stick up for ourselves. And so it's just like all the way around. I think that our um, us as women, um, we're underappreciated as just women. Yeah. Um, and we're also disrespected because it's like we're a punching bag. Yeah. And it, it, it eventually, I think a lot of times it does turn us angry at, at some point you keep taking it and taking it and taking it. You're going to become angry. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the narrative that gets pushed mm-hmm. is that y'all are just y'all just have attitudes. It's like I'm not trying to have no attitude just to have attitude. Like that's not fun. Yeah. Like, because yeah. if you if you look at it, it stems from a, a a sense of defensiveness. It is. That's exactly it. Like it's like, come on now, I'm I'm not trying to be angry. Yeah. Who wants to walk around angry all day? Yeah, but like, we're on a constant we're always in in defense of ourselves and um, unfortunately, we we get disrespected in our own communities. We go outside of our communities and we get dis- disrespected again and again. We got to stand up for our kids because um, there's been so many ploys and different plans to remove our men from the home. So now we have to uh, take care of ourselves, take care of our kids. And a lot of times we come to become the backbone and the matriarchs of the family and things like that. And we just we have to we live our lives just so strong and it puts you in a place of defensiveness because if i get knocked over everyone under me could come tumbling down as well yeah exactly so um black men step up step up it's your time to be the shields like you were supposed to be yeah um black women we love y'all we love y'all i love you i love you <laughs> but I love, yeah, I, I definitely have a special love. For, I think that black women are amazing. Yeah, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. We gotta get the rest of everybody else to see it. Yeah, you know. What else do you have? Um, so I wanted to um kind of end it on so um we I think everybody knows like the Sandra Bland story. Yeah. Um, but so we have um. And I think this woman is of African descent. Um, Alu Watuin, Ruth Toyin um, Salu. Um, she was leaving a Black Lives Matter protest. Um, and she tweeted, this was on June 6th, she tweeted about being sexually assaulted um, in Florida. Right. She was actually, uh, she it, it wasn't safe for her to be home and so um, she was staying somewhere else, and she uh, tweeted about um, being sexually assaulted. And then um, her and another woman, it was an older white woman, actually found dead in Tallahassee, Florida. And so there's still a lot of investigations as far as um, what uh, exactly happened to her. Um, however, I think that we need to continue to push this out in the media um this the same way we're pushing brianna taylor we haven't really seen a lot of movement right. um, on it i know that they reopened the case but we need to keep pressuring them um and we need to pressure um as far as this young lady is concerned too um i want to make it clear that 
um, I don't want this podcast to be about just uh, justice for black women against like white officers or white anybody. Right. Um, I want it to be about justice for black women against anybody that is abusing. Right. Their power. Their power of using black women and anyone that is um, bringing injustice to a black woman. Period. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So remember those names. Remember this date, July 13th. And uh, do better. Yeah. Do better. So we love y'all. Peace out.